baseball, basketball, wiener dog, short shorts, cigarette. Fantasy Keeper League Pod. It's episode 10, week 11. Episode 11, week 12. What he said. As always, I'm your host, Con Katri, and to my right, I'm joined by Mikael Hunter Biden. How are you doing? <laughs> Better than Hunter Biden, that's for sure. Been following these uh, these hearings this week? No, not at all. Yeah, he's like if you um, if you were like an alien and you got placed on planet Earth last monday uh-huh and you had no idea about like the events that led up to the um trials you were watching like like a court case document like thing uh-huh. you would think the main kind of focus of these investigations is hunter biden <laughs> 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 because there's just so much about him uh, <laughs> so yeah um the greatest legislative so-called greatest legislative body in the definitive greatest strongest most powerful country that has ever existed That's what is John engaged said. in yeah. that um process where if an alien came to earth today that would be their interpretation of what's going on so everything's going well and us being the intelligent and socially minded individuals we are are going to ignore that for the next 50 to 60 minutes and focus on fantasy football and mm-hmm. things that uh, mm-hmm. get us by through through these uh, trying times so, kick it over to my co-host to talk about the week that just happened. Sure. Um, week 11, let's get into it. I, I guess I'm giving the game of the week to the matchup between Mishi and John, even though it wasn't close. It was a very um, important uh, matchup between two titans in our league. Um, Mishi did end up taking it 134 to 85. God damn. Beat his ass. How the mighty have fallen. Yeah, what happened? What happened to John's team? This is bizarre. Well, remember when John was on the podcast and he was advocating for a strategy, which I didn't really understand at the time. And I didn't say anything because I haven't looked into it much more, but just as shock value, I didn't really get it. And he was saying like, he gets these boomer bus players as long as he has a couple of them boom every week, Mm -hmm. he can live with the bus. And I always thought about what if all of them bust because they're independent variables for the most part. So yeah. they're not like they're yeah, mutually yeah. exclusive, which I think kind of happened with the 85 point performance. Yeah. Let's so, see. So yeah. Thursday night uh, was a disaster. Um, he did say, I can't win tonight, but I can lose. So yeah. We'll give him. He did lose that night. The foresight to call that. For sure. Um, yeah. I mean, Nick Chubb losing ground to uh, what's his face? Kareem Hunt. For sure in the passing game, maybe not so much in the running game, but only ended up with 92 rushing yards and 9.2 points. Um, James Conner left the game. Vance McDonald is a terrible substitute. I want to 50% defend my James Conner take last week, which John strongly contested in the group chat, which I basically said, looking ahead to this matchup, that Mishi had a good chance to win because... Connor is teetering yeah to which John statistically and accurately did say his last two starts he's had 20 or so more points I just kind of assumed that to mean going forward he's played you know one game in the last two to three weeks yeah <laughs> how is he going to do when he comes back and once again with his game plan that's why I only said 50% of it because a lot of this you don't really know and don't care that much yeah but that's kind of better explaining what I was saying about uh, James Conner coming back into this game. Yeah, there you have it. Um, yeah, also Mari Cooper played 55% of the snaps uh, due to some lingering injuries, which I feel like if it was a non-contract year for him, he wouldn't be out there at all. But uh, enough talking about the loser. Uh, for Michi's team, Christian McCaffrey and Mark Ingram combined for 54 points, which outscored John's running backs by a whopping 42 points. Um, Michi did survive... The worst game of Deshaun Watson's career. Um, seems like out of all of those, 
like dynamic QBs that we have and like Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott. Watson is on the fantasy football team that could withstand him doing badly the most because of you always have like Christian McCaffrey in there. Um, some combination of like Stefan Diggs, Jarvis Landry doing something, Mark Ingram always doing well. Yeah, um, I'll talk about this in the forecast, but isn't it nice when the reverse is true? If Christian McCaffrey is a bad game, you could have just been here saying, well, at least you have someone like Deshaun Watson and a 40-point performance to fall back on. Sure. Yeah, but... I'll talk more about it later. Yeah, you can we, we can... I'll, I have a point about that. Okay. Uh, Jarvis Landry scores for the third straight game. Good for him. Oh, um, a shout-out to Stefan Diggs, who had 24 points going up against Chris Harris Jr. I did not expect that at all. Um, he produced about the same as Mike Evans and Julio Jones combined, which is very interesting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, other than Do you want to get really interesting, though? Yeah, let's do it. So it's not that interesting, but <laughs> comparing Michael Thomas and Stephon Diggs, uh-huh. you said he has 300 more yards on him, right? Which he actually does. Yeah. How many more receptions does he have than Stephon Diggs? Like 40. Right, which is... Weird because it sounds like you know exactly the numbers that I'm looking at. Well, I play fantasy football. I I follow players generally. And you just know the relative difference in catches and yards for each. No, of these it was players. an educated guess. All right. Regardless of your ability to do that, which I'm still doubting that you do that off the top of your head. No, I swear yeah, I didn't. He's putting up 19 yards a catch, which uh-huh. he's doing that as like basically the number one receiver, getting like actual um, volume in a non-volume offense, which is what makes. His whole thing so interesting. Yeah. The entire strategy for the Vikings was to run, run, run. And I think now they find they finally like worked their identity up to a point where they can just tell Kirk Cousins like I think Stephon Diggs lead, lead, leads all receivers through the last three or four weeks in percentage of teams like target shares. Mm-hmm. It's like forty percent or like like high thirties. Yeah. Um, and they're just like we're gonna throw passes to him and we're gonna throw fucking touchdowns to Kyle Rudolph and win games like that. Yeah, that play action. That they have going on, man. It's like Mike Shanahan. Uh, what's the good version of rolling over in his grave? Pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> pretty <laughs> He's doing that. Stuff. It's got, uh, a, got a, a half-chub. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we're going to talk about one of the more surprising things to happen so far this season, which was Steve Holtz's 145 victory, 145 <sighs> to 134 victory over Kant. Um, so, I mean, do you want to take... 30 seconds to do a reverse gloat and just tell me tell me what happened here, if you have anything. <laughs> yeah, well, first and foremost, I was belligerently drunk for the entirety of this happening, so I don't remember much. Mm-hmm. Um, but from what I do remember and from what these numbers on this laptop are telling me, which I'm assuming are typed incorrectly at yahoo.com, yeah. um, Jameis Winston had another 20-point game, which... I think last week on the podcast, um, it, it, the point was raised. Oh, he's facing the New Orleans defense. And yeah. I was like, yeah, he's going to put up 20 points on them. So, Jameis, thank you once again for doing exactly um, <laughs> as much as I asked you. Yeah, four interceptions, but over 300 yards. He's yeah. going to he's gonna hit 5,000 passing yards, yeah. which was my very first prediction on this podcast. But he's also going to throw like 30 interceptions. Yeah, he's, he's going to – I think the last person to go that high was like Eli with 27. Yeah. And I think he's going to break that record. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and I they, think they might trade him next year, too. I saw a tweet that was like, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are like the great jazz legends of old. And yeah. so much they're just riffing on the idea of turnovers. Yeah. And just improvising and figuring out like what's going amazing on. new ways to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I mean, um, Dak Prescott with the most well, points no, we'll, scored. We'll get to that. We'll get to that what I think kind of happened on that end of things. On his end? Um, yeah. So for the receivers, once again, I think steady as usual. What I said on that podcast with about Jim's receivers versus mine, so not really talking about his receivers, but I was like, I feel confident that any week I can like look for the matchups in my team and then find and pluck like the right people. So like, you know, like more going up against the Falcons, which wasn't a great yeah. matchup, but somehow it ended up working for me. Mm-hmm. Like obviously Julian Edelman going up against our secondary um, and then with, with he the threw a touchdown against our secondary, yeah. But then you know, like what's you can still start like Fitzgerald on the bench, so it's fine. So that all worked out as well. Um, and yeah, the running backs, I think literally the points that they scored exemplify who they are. Ezekiel Elliott is that twenty point a week score, yeah. and David Montgomery, despite his highs, 
can really come back down to earth with a six-point performance. Um, Darren Waller, once again, I think he's a 12-point tight end, and that's exactly how many like points he scored for me. Yep. And, I mean, the Marvin Jones was the lone like bright spot because he, him and Jeff Driscoll just have like a, a touchdown connection for some reason. But overall, um, I don't see anyone with more than 20 points. Every like the highest is 19.9. Yeah. And no the story of the week is. If you don't get more than 20 points from one player, you're not going to beat 70 from two players, which is what Dak Prescott and Michael Gallup put up combined. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Michael Gallup taking full advantage of being the number one target this week. Um, I, I will say that the other strange thing, one of the strangest stat lines besides, like, Cooper Cup having zero points was David Johnson not touching the ball at yeah, all. Yeah, he's hurt, week. man. He, I mean... I don't know why they don't just fucking make him a scratch. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, it's to the point where I, I, it's not, I can't even blame. Is it like, game? Steve Foles are, is for, it gamesmanship? Like, what's going on? I don't know, but I can't even blame like Steve Foles for keeping him in the lineup because did nothing. No, he's up had to multiple games. He's had multiple games situations where everyone thought he was going to play, and then he just wasn't playing. Yeah, yeah, it's. But then leading up to this week, they're like, "Oh, David Johnson's healthy. He's uh, no setbacks or focused on getting the ball." Blah, blah blah. I'm just. Come game time, just nothing. Yeah, I mean, that might be something where anyone who has Chase Edmonds, they might win their fantasy football league because of that. Uh, no, no, uh, what's his face? Uh, Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake. People believe sure. in Kenyon Drake. I am just going to be the contrarian. I'm going to be the contrarian and say it's Chase Edmonds. What did Chase Edmonds do last week? Just tell me that. He's hurt. When he comes back, he's going to take over for Kenyon Drake, the guy that they. Oh no, no! I think I think the I'm going for the volume in the offense. I'm not going for the the takeover role. I don't. He runs routes. He's going to get usage, in yeah, my opinion. I don't know about that. Um, uh, moving on, we're going to talk about Jimmy's matchup versus Brian. Uh, another somewhat surprising outcome, even though Jimmy won. It was a close game. Uh, basically. Brian held the lead going into Monday Night Football, had a very slim chance of winning um, after Tyreek Hill went down because my thought process was, okay, they're going to get uh, Miko Hartman involved, but that ended up not happening. So um, fairly comfortably, Jimmy ended up with the victory, uh, even though uh, it looks like Jimmy Garoppolo outscored Pat Mahomes with like 29 points. Um, and Calvin Ridley for Brian had... A better day than any of Jimmy's vaunted receivers that day, uh, that week. Uh, but I would say the biggest difference in the matchup was basically um, the dynamic view of Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara going out there and taking care of business um, versus Adrian Peterson, Raheem Moser not really getting anything started uh, in their respective matchups. Uh, I guess I should mention that Brian also left Tariq Cohen on the bench, who could have helped him out for sure. But it's when you have like that gaggle of running backs, it's a tough choice to like pick the one that's gonna go off. This might be like a instant hot take reaction, so yeah. don't anyone like come from my neck in the fucking uh, slack unless it's egregious. Um, and without it's like looking, probably egregious. without looking at his team, I'm comparing like Jim and John's like main guys. Once again, going back to John's like boomer bust strategy thing, it's very interesting. Like, I don't think Jim's guys have like gone off, gone off like a lot of them. Like, this year relative to last year, like Kamara, Allen. But they're always going to give you, like, those 20 points because they're not Mike Evans. They're not fucking James Conner. They're not going to give you, yeah, like, those... I'm going to stop you right there now. Keenan Allen was... Is a kind of having a rocky season. Um, I think oh, shit. I mean, the last kind of dipped into, it. like, having some bad outings. Uh, dipped out of it and then dipped back into it. The only, the only constant has been Dalvin Cook, basically, because Alvin Kamara, when... Um, I think around the time he left with injury, he's had a couple of disappointing performances. Mark Andrews, again, like kind of fell off the map for a second there. Hopkins is getting catches, not getting yardage so much, so he's not the same as last year. I get why people always say on Fantasy Podcast for the past X amount of weeks, because yeah. that does ring true for the past three weeks. It's just not true for the season. What you said or what I said? What I said. What you said. So, well, like Allen putting up like 20 and 20. Um, Kamara, when he's coming back, putting up like 16 and 20. Andrew's putting up 20. But yeah, it's not definitely for the season. But we can move on. Not that good. Uh, I'll try better. Just, yeah, do better. Just wanted to mention 
the New Orleans difference defense was a difference maker in this game because they picked off Jameis Winston four times, like we said, returned one of them for a touchdown. The gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. Um, He's helped so many people, like, on his offense and on the defense. He really does help everyone, yeah, like Mike Evans. He's, a responsible, <laughs> he's responsible for a lot of points. People just don't realize it. Um, this, this was a season high for Brian, uh, 124 points, uh, in a season where he basically has failed to reach 100 points more times than he has succeeded in doing so. Um, so I guess that's kind of a backhanded way of saying congratulations to him. <laughs> uh, and, uh, moving on, we're going to talk about Ilya's matchup versus Ant, which was important in terms of their standings, both 5-5 five and five heading into the week. Um, however, just like last week, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens defense, uh, the dynamic duo for Ilya, taking care of business, providing him with 50% of his points total. Um even when the rest of his team largely underperformed, uh, he he did have Kenyon Drake, uh, newfound starter, uh, perform well on Zachary, getting back to his old self. But uh, overall, 122 points was, I think, the lowest of all the winners this week. Uh, but it didn't matter because for Ant, it was a disastrous week, um, basically making it hard for me to believe in him and uh, making the playoffs with the team as is. Uh, no running back, receiver, or tight end scored over 10 points for him besides Jameson Crowder, uh, especially in particular Miles Sanders and Ronald Jones uh, were huge disappointments because it seemed like they were trending in the right direction going into the week, but they combined for like 11 points between the two of them. How many picks has he traded away? And, like players, not picks. How many players has he traded away? Not so many, actually. I think I we feel like we he, know his strategy, but he was one of those guys that is really good because he had Hopkins, Beckham. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. And obviously, that is going to color a lot of what some of these matchups end up being. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. I was just saying. Well, he he traded them for for some future picks, yeah. But yeah, it's a third trying, and a fourth. Trying to stay in. Yeah, so we know his strategy yeah. of mostly uh, setting up for next year, but giving himself an outside shot for the playoffs. But I think that's that's over now. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, I want to talk about my matchup versus John Paulino. I uh, just want to point out that I was the highest scorer this week. Congratulations. Josh Allen, John Brown. Zero from Tyreek Hill. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Allen, John Brown combined for 75 points. Tyreek Hill did leave his game with zero points, uh, which could have made my margin of victory even bigger, but I'll take what I can get. Uh, Travis Kelsey living up to his tight end one status, <laughs> as I predicted four or five weeks ago, whenever that trade happened. Um yeah, I can't believe that that he's, was even a conversation that we were having. Him. But a great couple of weeks from him uh, for John Paulino. Um, kind of like Brian, uh, or sorry, Ant that we talked about. No one really showed up on his team except the Saints players. Uh, and another disappointing Cooper Cup game from him. I think kind of concerning, you know, that whole Rams offense in total. Uh, he's kind of fallen off. I don't really know what to think about it anymore. I thought he was one of the safest plays this year, but I guess not. Well, not only has his team sucked, but he's also not really made that many trades, right, for next year? No, I don't think so. I think he is what he is at this point. Um, George Kittle being out, I think, is hurting him a lot. Because you can move, like... <laughs> I think you can move Jerry Cook to, like, his flex, let's say. And if he had Kittle... Yeah, I guess. I was just wondering what the strategy because, you know, at least like the Dolphins have a coherent like tanking mm-hmm. philosophy in place. But well, he was. He what was is, what, are, what are the Jets doing? You know, he was four and four. He's four and six now, four and seven now. He's about to finish the season four and nine, if my predictions hold true, which is pretty pretty crazy, uh, considering I thought he had enough to be in the playoff consideration. 
So I kind of, I don't know, I'm defending the lack of movement, I think. Because I, I do, like, think he, you can look at his team and see, like, it has enough. But anyway, uh, last but not least, Jeff Perez, 151. Shane Hampton, 67. Uh, I mean, DJ Chark, the greatest receiver of all time, <laughs> going out there, taking care of business, as I predicted, of course. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, actually doing okay uh, by their 2019 standards. Uh, the Kyle Rudolph resurgence continues, which is something that I didn't think I would say this year. Um, and Austin Eckler was a better receiver for for uh, for Jeff than Odell Beckham for what seems like the fifth straight week. And for Shane, I don't know what to say about a 67-point performance. Uh, the one bright spot was Marlon Mack, and he left the game with an injury. And other than that, I mean, it was just disastrous. So we can move on from his team and conclude our recap and move on to our next section. Awesome. Yeah, great recap. Great win. Six of us. Terrible losses for the other half. Yeah, really nothing too too crazy happened this year, this week, even though we had some, like, on paper yeah. You can't have, like, crazy finishes week after week after week, you know? Yeah, because we had two 5-5 five five teams going at it. We had two. We had a 9-1 and one and an 8-2 and two going at it, but it just wasn't, wasn't close. Nope. So, moving on, I'm going to get to the forecast of the week yeah. and talk about the first matchup with John and you. He's 9-2 and two going up against your 5-6. and six. Mm-hmm. First place, John's feeling pretty good about himself. You know, he lost this week, but yes. he's thinking that, you know, you're a 5-6 and six team. You're definitely punching up, but um, he should be able to beat you. And obviously you are on the outside looking in on this playoff bubble, so this is definitely... A, uh, a road looking up. So first, I just wanted to give you 30 seconds to just talk about this know, matchup, this mountain you, you're looking to climb. Yeah, it's it's going to have to be pretty miraculous considering Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, uh, Melvin Gordon, uh, a fourth person. Who else is on by for me? Uh, Adam Thielen is also on by, yeah. So it's, it's going to be basically all hands on deck going up against uh, John, who seems like he's at full power, not really missing anyone. Uh, the guys that I do have going, for instance, they're not really favorable matchups. You have Josh Allen going up against Denver. Like, the Vikings did take care of them, but on the season, they're 31st in points allowed to quarterbacks, and John Brown is going to be facing Chris Harris, who I think is still a good receiver, despite what hap- a good quarterback, despite what happened last week. Um, Leonard Fournette going up against Tennessee, good defense there. Um, Golden Tate going up against Chicago, um, another underperforming but still good defense there. I just, on my side of things, don't really see that many um, miracles happening. Um, maybe the Josh Allen, John Brown connection heats up again this week and keeps me in it, but um, John basically has all the checks on his side, so. I'm not really expecting a win here. Yeah, and talking about John's team, um, not necessarily about this matchup, but I did want to bring back the thing I brought up at the earlier part of the podcast where, yeah, I think like if there's the boom or bust thing, there's obviously like four different scenarios, like yeah. boom, 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 buzz, bust, boom, bust, bust. And you're really just trying to minimize um, the latter yeah. um, with the frequency of that happening. But what were you saying that's not necessarily like a – coherent or you don't think that necessarily represents a strategy so looking i mean looking at the matchups there is plenty of boom opportunity for john Mm -hmm. uh, which i don't think presented itself last week but for instance nick chubb going up against miami uh julio jones and mike evans playing up playing against each other um in what looks to be a, a shootout because uh both of those defenses give up yeah and then you see south boys love yeah. to throw Although, yeah, it could be a completely random NFC South, South game yeah. as well, but yeah. Yeah, but there's just, um, I don't know, there's like a lot that can happen. Uh, Russell Wilson can pick apart the Eagles, for instance, you know, and make all this uh, conversation a moot point. Yeah, I mean, it's similar to like the whole Mishi thing where 
it's nice that if like that Evans and Jones game goes bad, then maybe you can get a forty pointer out of uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, which it's I know it sounds like a very obvious thing to say, but like I just told you guys, like my team scores the last week, like I no one about on my team got over twenty points. So yeah, like if you don't have those, like you can have those boom players, and you really some teams just don't. Yeah. Um. Cool. Anything else to say about this matchup? Or no, yeah, we I think we're on? both giving it to John. Yeah, for sure. Um, moving on to the next matchup is going to be between Ilya and Jeff, which is actually a quite exciting one. We have the fifth place Ilya against the sixth place Jeff. Yeah. In terms of matchups, I think Ilya's getting hit pretty hard. Um, he doesn't have... Like, so Kenny Drake's is actually, let's not even go um, too far into there. Yeah. Um, stepping back away from it all, uh, Jeff just doesn't have really anyone on a buy that he's worried about, and Ilya just has more to deal with. It's kind of my 30,000 foot view of it. Right, right. Well, Austin Eckler, I think, plugs a pretty good uh, hole in this flex spot, and replacing with Curtis Samuel going up against the Saints, I think, has caused. For concern, um, I would he just play Sanders? Uh, Manuel Sanders versus Green Bay, maybe, um, maybe. Uh, but yeah, I think I'd rather have Eckler over him or Curtis Samuel or even you know, especially Duke Johnson. Yeah, so that's like the worst thing he's losing, right? It's yeah, really th- bad. that's his biggest concern. Um, whereas for for Ilya, basically replacing Kenyon Drake with Saquon Barkley in his lineup. I think, you know, despite what happened two weeks ago, that's a lateral move at the absolute worst, you know? That's Um, true. So, I mean, looking at, I think Ilya is very top-heavy. He has a number one quarterback in the league, Lamar Jackson. He has uh, Saquon Barkley coming back. Um, He actually does have some good matchups. He has Devin Singletary, who's Hmm. the new minted starter in Buffalo. Uh, He has Chris Godwin, again, going up. In that NFC South barnstormer, um, Zach Ertz, who I guess is rated highly. Um, yeah, the only other, the only issue here is basically his flex is looking pretty weak. I don't know who's going to choose between Robbie. It's definitely going to come down to the flex, Royce right? Freeman, maybe. Whatever um, I think, whatever he gets off the quarterback matchup of Lamar Jackson, he's yeah. going to lose on the. Um, like wide receivers, tight end, like everything else combined. Then, yeah. If we were to look at like my patented way of like comparing quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, whatever, mm-hmm. quarterback edge is Ilya. Running back edge is, I think, also Ilya by a hair. Yeah. Um, wide receivers, I would give to uh, Jeff because I don't know about. Tyler Boyd has his value has tanked uh, when they replaced Andy Dalton with the uh, the other guy Finley. Um, mm-hmm. Jeff's gonna have a hard time trying to find a tight end because both Evan or Evan Ingram, unless Evan Ingram plays, Actually which plays. I'm not sure if he will, uh, because Kyle Rudolph is on bye, and the uh, whoever's left on the tight end uh, in our on the waivers is pretty thin. So it's. I think more of these edges are going to Ilya. And I think a flex is someone like Robbie Anderson in a, in a boom spot versus Oakland going up against uh, not Austin Eckler. I think we can call it a, a toss-up, which I think gives the edge to Ilya here, in my opinion. Yeah, this is really very, very close. I, I feel like that flex difference would sway it, but... There's just something about, like, every time you're like, okay, so Quan Barkley has a little bit of, like, chance going off. Lamar Jackson has a little bit of a chance going off. Like, I think, once again, that, like, variance shakes it up a bit. Um, Who's the one running back here that's not, like, busted already? It's Devin Singletary, right? Who's, like, just getting started with the Bills offense. He's fresh. He's ready to go. Nah, dude. He's... He might be ready for the Bills offense, but whatever the the Bills offense isn't ready for him. I don't know. Okay. Um, whatever. Like, Allen's fine. Like fantasy value. Like they do some cool things. I, I think Singletary will have another like twenty plus game for the rest of the season. Yeah. And I think the rest will be like below that. Okay. Um. 
we'll see if I eat that. But I'm going to, for the sake of Jeff and I playing in week 13 and that needing to be a pivotal matchup, I'm going to give the win to Jeff just because I need that for the drama and excitement. Yeah, I think Ilya is going to win this very close matchup because he has... Um, first of all, he has Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, second of all, he has um, Saquon Barkley, who is by, by far I mean, the best running back here. Um, he has the number one tight end this week in Zach Ertz, apparently. Um, <laughs> and... Yeah, I mean, I think he's the guy who deserves it more, to be honest. Why does he deserve it more? I don't know. I think he has the higher points scored by, like, a slim margin this this week. This, this uh, season. This season. Let's see. I love how you can't fucking filter on... Um, yeah, so, I mean, online. yeah, let's just... To make it competitive, I'm going to say, oh, you're going to say Jeff. Um, yeah, 100%. It's, it's like, <laughs> so many, like, close matchups, though. It's yeah. Crazy. Um, but yeah, I think we can move on. Um, yeah, talking about John Polino versus Jimmy Del Bracco. I feel like I made some notes earlier about this matchup because it was interesting. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest one is that Pat Mahomes can't play this week, mm-hmm. so Jim can't magically just procure like 40 fucking points out of thin air. I know he had a bad week last week, but regardless, um, he luckily can't do that. So Patrick Mahomes, Dalvin Cook, and Keenan Allen are all on by, which would be like a devastating blow to any other team. But for Jimmy, it's... I mean, the story of the matchup is the only thing that Paulino has an advantage in is quarterback. Right. There's everything else. He, it's. I don't... It sounds like... Um, well, he has a number one receiver in all of football and Michael Thomas, but then... That's fine. It's just... It, if, if Cooper Cup was didn't fall off the last two weeks. I yeah, would, would feel like so much more. But the yeah. total wide receiver, is, I mean, like Debo Samuel's good, but I don't know if, if like Sanders plays, his value is obviously going to like dip a good amount. Yeah. Um, and Galladay isn't too good to keep um, being held at that level uh, the past couple weeks or the past week. Devontae Adams, though, hasn't caught a touchdown all year. He's going up against the San Francisco 49ers defense. <laughs> Um, DeAndre Hopkins has been that game has good, like not that great. game has like thirty three twenty seven written all over it. No, I think it's gonna be like a seventeen thirteen game. I think it's like fourteen of those points are within the final two minutes of both uh, halves by Rogers. Mm-hmm. Say like one of those things. Okay. Yeah. So, but to rewind, wide receivers, I'm gonna say is even. Um, I think the Quarterback edge, like you said, goes to John Paulino. The running backs, Alvin Kamara is better than everyone listed, I think he's going to carry that. Um, but, I mean, Derrick Henry, last we saw him, he was he was rushing for 180-something yards. So this is peak Derrick Henry season. This is <laughs> yeah, where he when starts he going for, starts. like, 200-yard games. Because <laughs> when it's cold and you're trying to tackle, like, a 6'4 running back, that's probably the most like unpleasant thing if you're uh the second level of a defense so i would not be surprised if oh and he's going up against the jaguars i feel like around this time last year is when he had that crazy four touchdown game versus them so maybe we're gonna have yeah, some deja 37 yeah he did it last year why can't he win some people some more leagues this year and uh i think we should also note that george kittle might come back uh which would be an upgrade over jared cook for sure. Yeah, well, I would like nothing more than a John Paulino win against James Del Bracco. I think it's going to happen. I think with no Mahomes, Jimmy's team, no Mahomes, no Dalvin Cook, which are his two best, uh, most reliable players, I think the door is hey, wide Keenan open Allen for an good. upset. Well, yeah, Keenan Allen too, but he's more replaceable. But I'm going to give it to John Paulino if there is, it's going to be an upset for sure, but I think he has enough to overtake. And I'm going to I'm gonna condition it by saying if George Kittle is back for this game, then I'm giving it to John Paulino. Yeah, I'm still going to give it to Jim. Okay. All right, moving on, we're going to discuss Jeff going up against Ant. Um, Ant really doesn't have um, any of his players in there, so it's really hard to 
get a good grip on kind of what his entire strategy is going to be. So I thought instead of actually um, discussing his wait, I'm not. I'm playing. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, next week. I was about to say. Yeah, you're playing. Not, <laughs> my bad. As uh, I'm discussing talking about <laughs> discussing it next week, which there is actual cool things to discuss for Jeff's matchup. There isn't, which I'll I'll talk about uh, for another reason. But uh, the biggest story here is that Ant really needs a quarterback. Uh, Philip Rivers is on by. He's uh, doesn't have anyone on his bench that he could uh, put in there. So who would you pick up of the these two quarterbacks? Derek Carr against the Jets or Daniel Jones against the Bears? Uh, Derek Carr. You Derek think Carr's he's going to be able to throw? He's a free agent in our league. He is a free agent in our league right now. I think someone recently dropped him. Um, yeah, I think the, the bye week churn has him as a free agent, I guess. But I think he's going to be rostered at this point. I would yeah, I mean, he definitely should sure. be. It's just I just don't know if anyone... I would put him over Jameis Winston. For sure. <laughs> what? No, Jameis Winston is going to just continuously get. He's this. Jameis Winston and Derek Henry are both going to uh, peak together at the end of the J- season. Jameis Winston had to do like unspeakable things to get to 18 <laughs> points last week. If that doesn't happen, you're looking at like a potential negative six performance from Jameis Winston. That's always in the back of your mind, you know? Yeah, but he consistently outscores Derek Carr. <laughs> he's playing the Jets, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's Are they good? I I guess they're good. Uh, they've we'll been, see. They haven't really played anyone good <laughs> last couple weeks, but they've won last two weeks. Okay. So All right. Well, Winston is the 12th ranked player in fantasy football and Derek Carr is the 29th. Okay. So, we'll go we'll leave. All right. We'll yeah. James Winston gets the edge. <laughs> I mean, basically everyone here gets the edge on your team. Yeah, besides that really quickly for the for our listeners, we have um Dave my, on my side, we have David Moore, Marvin Jones Jr. DJ and DJ Moore. DJ Moore, not David Moore, going up against Jameson Crowder, Tyler Lockett, and T.Y. Hilton. Ant's team is very interesting because, once again, for the past like couple weeks, these receivers, uh, with the exception of T.Y. Hilton, because uh, he hasn't obviously been playing, but when he comes back, um, they have the potential to be really good. Like Crowder's put up 20 points or so in the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett, granted he had seven points last week. Before that, he was pretty much like... Well, he... he like. Had yeah, a like puffy leg or yeah. whatever the fuck. It's one of the best like wide receiving leagues. So I, de- I just wanted to give Ant props on having like a I don't know like a ragtag like scotch tape held together, but yeah, still a fairly that's, effective. That's after trading away Hopkins. Yeah, Hopkins and Beckham's. Um, and then yeah, he got I think he got James White in one of those trades. So James White and Matt Breida are going to be going up against Ezekiel Elliott and Chris Carson when I eventually put him in, so that's not going to really be a contest in well, my it's, mind. It's not going to be Breida, I, I think. Is he going to sit him? Well, it might be, actually. Or it might be Miles Sanders, which is, I mean, that's the story of Ant season. It's like, which one of these mediocre running backs do you choose right. to have like a, a better game than the next guy up? You know, it's just impossible to predict when you're in that situation. Like, I feel like it's always the wrong choice, and it's just frustrating and not a good way to play fantasy football. So I don't envy like that decision-making process. Yep. So for my sake of playoff uh, seeding, I'm going to give myself the win in this matchup. Yeah, yeah. I don't anticipate an upset here. <laughs> um, unlike, unlike last week, I feel like I'm... Yeah, people... We'll talk, I guess we'll talk about uh, Steve Foles when we get to him, but oh, I've yeah. been very high on his team. I feel like... I think we were low on... and I. I think people confuse like results with expectations, mm-hmm. and it's perfectly fine to to be down on something because of how you saw something like shaking out, yeah. and then obviously the whatever fucking things change and it is what it is. But I don't know; it wasn't really that big a deal. Let's talk about Mishi versus Shane, which I absolutely cannot pull up on this. Yeah, um, here well, we go. There's really no point pulling it up because this is, again, all the checks are on Mishi's side. Oh, yeah. I wasn't going to actually discuss the matchup. I was just going to, like, go down the list of their matchups and ask you a different question about each specific person. Okay. So, who would you rather um, go have a McDonald's fast food meal with? Deshaun Watson or Tom Brady? Specifically Uh, that context and scenario. I mean, 
I think the answer is pretty rapid fire pretty questions clear. with like Deshaun Watson a two sure. second like do you know he's like basically trying to get sponsored by Popeyes? That's a good answer. I was just hoping if you had caught that reference. No. Okay. Um, who do you think is more fun to play Madden with, Jarvis Landry or Juju Smith-Schuster? Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster currently Cantel has left from his right, so I think Jarvis Landry. Okay. Who do you think is a better dresser, Didi Westbrook or Marquise Brown? Anyone that goes by Didi, I think, has a very unique sartorial uh, selection, so I'm going to go with him. Who do you think has a larger history of child abuse in their family? The rich white kid from the really white school or oh, Kareem Hunt? Jacob Hollister? Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> I'm just implying I'm just implying he grew up in like a um, high level opioids adult household, but like he did. He was shit. playing peewee football in the winter in Denver and his parents were letting him wear sleeves. Yeah. Because exactly. sleeves are for losers. So you can just imagine what kind of shit they put him through. Yep. Um who is is Brian? I'm I'm just gonna skip the marketing on Brian Hill comparison because Brian Hill's not a real player until he actually has a successful football game, and up until this point, he definitely has not. Yeah, Brian Hill is one of those guys where I don't really know what his face looks like. So when you go press on it on Yahoo, it's just yeah. that gray outline. Yeah. So hopefully, at some point, we'll learn more about him. Which tight end would you rather have for the 2020 season, Jacob Hollister or Noah Fant? Oh, Noah Fant easily. He kind of sucks right now, but he you can see like glimpses. Of Jacob Hollister's a, a backup, I think. Jacob Hollister is about to be the tight end one for the Seahawks next year. Just kidding. Um, which receiver is getting fucked over by his team more currently? Terry McLaurin or Eric, whatever, Erickson? Oh my god, dude. Terry McLaurin is a fucking Greek tragedy. The way they're <laughs> I'm, I'm like so mad. They... He needs to sell the team like, if for no other reason than for denying us the glory of Terry McLaurin. Okay. Which uh, kicker is more um, recently going to have – not recently. What's something that's upcoming, impending? Um, yeah. Charges of domestic abuse levied against him like that Brian's punter, Giants punter did. Uh, Will Lutz or Chris Boswell? Boswell? Fuck, I don't know. I mean, the guy that plays in Pittsburgh, I would say – Okay, that's like the 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 delta, the triangle between like Cleveland, Pittsburgh, <laughs> and uh, Louisville, Kentucky is also known as a domestic violence triangle. triangle. Oh, no. So I think I would say him. Oh no! Uh, speaking of violence, which San Francisco 49ers defense lineman is going to bop Mason Rudolph on the head when he <laughs> plays the Steelers this week? <laughs> uh so many to choose from. I mean, <laughs> yeah. DeForest Buckner or someone else whose name I, I don't know. I, I guess I will go with the one that I do know. All right. All right, all right. He has a very, like, he has a face that makes you want to pick his own. <laughs> yeah. Definitely sure. like, understand the, uh, the, the reason he wanted to yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, all right. So for those reasons, I'm going to give the matchup to Mishi. I think it was very, very <laughs> scientific and quantitative. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, moving on to the next matchup, it's Fultz versus um, Brian. This is yet <laughs> <wrote> another. <laughs> I've done that a lot of times for Brian's. Uh, this is another um, matchup of attrition. Um, absolutely, the tenth ranked team versus the twelfth ranked team. So this is this is why I want to. Like, I would legitimately take this time to talk about like Colin Kaepernick than actually yeah. talk about their matchup. Well, I want to mention like this is why I want to scrape our league because I feel like this year has been a year of blowouts. Mm -hmm. uh, if you were to put like every result, every margin of victory from every game this season on a on a graph, you would have so many. The highest ones were from, yeah. would be from this year. Yeah. And versus last I don't even remember last year, but I, I can't imagine it being like any more polarized than this year. Okay. Um, it's just like even in matchups that are supposed to be close, it just ends up being a weird blowout. Like we haven't had any like we haven't had that many games of the week, you know, where it's like it, came, it was a nail biter. Right. It came down to the last second. It's like okay, he had like a twelve point victory, which is like relatively close. But that's like the best case scenario. It seems like is it leaning one way or the other? Like, are there more? Are the winners winning by more, or are the losers losing by more? I don't know, man. That's that's like a weird 
Booger McFarlane thing to say, <laughs> to be honest. Oh, no, not like that. So <laughs> basically what I'm saying is you would just take the um, average of the two teams, yeah. the winner and the loser, yeah. and then you would take all the winners and you would take all the losers, and then whatever the higher difference is, that's the one where it's like trending towards. So like what's causing the entire gap? Like the top end or the bottom end is all I'm Well, asking. it would be polar, right? Because whatever the amount someone wins by is the amount someone else loses by. Right, that's the same. Yeah, yeah, but you you can take like five and five and separate them entirely. Uh-huh. I'm just saying, like, get the average of what the winners are and get the average of what the losers are, mm-hmm. and then just compare that to what that is every other year, and whatever the whichever one has a higher difference, yeah, is what's causing it. I mean, the, the the most simple thing to do is just take the absolute value of the margin of victory, um, and take and get the average of that for this year compared to the average for the year prior and the year before that. And I'm like very sure that our average for this year is going to be significantly higher. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. But it doesn't tell you direction is my point. It just tells you because they're both relying on one another. So if let's say the average um, winner this year is 125 and the average loser is 85. Uh-huh. I'm saying compare 125 and 85 to that. Yeah, it's just another year. way of like yeah. visualizing it, I guess. Yeah. So I was just wondering if like is the 125 higher than every other year or is the 85 lower? We'll move on. Because fuck this matchup. Or was that the kind of the point overall that there's well, just, I just saw too like, many of these? I just saw Brian's team and I was like, yeah, even going up against like Steve Foles, 3-8, and eight, who, like we've been saying, like is a one David Johnson being a normal fantasy football player away from having like a playoff aspirational team. But like in the moments like 3-8, and eight, um, just Brian has no advantages whatsoever in this matchup. Like maybe Calvin Ridley will have a slightly better game than Michael Gallup due to matchups. But even then it's like, I don't know. Um, not really looking good for him. Nope. And it, it kind of, he's been on a 10 game losing streak. He started one and zero and lost his next 10 games. Uh, he had a bunch of losses even before he started making trades. So it's, it's, I mean, it's not like he hasn't been paying attention to the league or right. anything. Um, it's, his draft was, I think, not disastrous, but it was not great. No, I, it's I, just like very polarized this year for whatever reason. Yeah. Oh, you know what? You know what? Fine. I'll give them. I'll give them thirty seconds on the matchup. Go. For Let's it. do it. Okay. Who's more handsome, Baker Mayfield or uh, Garoppolo? Uh, to not to you to like. Some like white girl in college or something. Yeah, some, shit, some like target demographic. It depends on like what part of the country you're talking about. You gotta I pick think. one though, baby. All right, if we're, if we're talking about like Cleveland, then it's Mayfield. If we're talking about San Francisco, then it's Garoppolo. Okay, which wide receiver is going to eventually supersede their number one and take over for their respective teams? Michael Gallup or Calvin Ridley? Uh, Michael Gallup. Uh, which uh, really good receiver who's tucked away in obscurity? Would you rather have on your team Allen Robinson or Devontae Parker? Allen Robinson. Yeah. There was there was a play last week where uh, Mitch Trubisky, it was just like a fade route to Allen Robinson, but he threw the ball into the back of the defender. <laughs> like, it didn't even reach Allen Robinson. And it's just like, what are we doing here? Like, what is, like, what is going on? Like, how is this... 2019 football. Like, I feel like you can bring back Sonny Jurgensen from the grave would and you, throw it to... I don't fucking know. Would you rather get punched in the face by Joe Mixon or hit by a switch with Adrian Peterson? Uh, fuck. Uh, on, well, would it be on my testicles or in the face? No testicles. Damn. I don't know. I guess I get, try to get punched. I think the switch is like a it's like a process. It's not like one. It's like yeah. multiple switches. Yeah. But the punch, I think he punched her out. Yeah. Um, I, I try to get punched oh, by nice. Joe Mixon on my nose. Hopefully he strains it out and I won't have to get a nose job. So. Yeah. Also, I could definitely see that context, that conversation without the context being used in the future to somehow say we're making light of domestic violence. Which I just want to say right now as a disclaimer, we absolutely are not and don't condone well, that we live, in we any live, way, shape, and we're, form. We live in a society where you're complicit by default when you're, yeah. your silence is complicit. So, you know, if you follow I guess NFL we are complicit at all, in that you're just as guilty as us. Oh, yeah. We do support so, a league of domestic violence yeah. abusers. Okay, I guess as long as everyone knows that about us yeah. uh, from the jump, it, it definitely makes it... If you're not like a principled Marxist, then like you can't say shit. So Okay, that's fair. 
Um, do you think Josh Jacobs could pick Tariq Cohen up like a football and run him into the end zone? <laughs> yes or no? I think either one could do it to the other, but yeah. Um, who is going to be in the Monday night booth uh, next? Greg Olson or Jason Witten? I hope it's Greg Olson because I think he's actually decent and uh, Jason Witten can't turn a phrase to save his life. So Jason Witten should be on the podcast with us because like, that's the level of quality you get from him in the booth. Okay. Well, that's all you get for being the 10th call teams. If you guys want me to discuss your flex, your kicker, your defense, buy that premium better team subscription. Um, <laughs> with that, did you have any final words for the forecast of the week? Uh, no, I just think, I just want to say that like whoever wins this Ilya versus Jeff matchup basically stamps their ticket to the postseason because I don't think there's any other way they lose. Uh, they miss the playoffs otherwise. So good luck to each of those teams. If Jeff wins oh. and he loses to me and Ilya, oh, because Jeff had and if Ilya loses and wins, wouldn't Ilya make it? Whoever wins has seven wins, and um, whoever has seven wins is guaranteed. And like it's basically as simple as that. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, so good luck to all those teams. Good luck to all the underdogs. Um, just make this league interesting. I feel like we're kind of. We need more talking points here than just like would you rather questions that started coming up. I mean, I personally don't mind them, but yeah, I agree. I guess there's some opportunities, like I was saying, where if you guys think there's stuff to talk about, like Jeff posted in the Slack. Oh, yeah. Uh, We have some more stuff coming. This is kind of like a a week that we have to get through to get to the end of the season where we have some more talking points coming up. Oh, yeah. That's why there was no guests. I know we should have told you this at the beginning, but... I guess you figured that out pretty immediately when I introduced uh, Michael Hunter Biden. Um, but yeah, we, we just wanted to breeze through this and then kind of keep the ball rolling on to next week and the week uh, or future weeks for like some more exciting kind of like stuff. So be on the lookout for that. Hit us up if you guys want to be on the podcast. Uh, we'll definitely um, have you on and hit us up with your better ideas and other ideas. So from Kankatri, from this fucking foreign Russian asset to my right, uh, wishing you all a good day. Uh, rest in peace, Hugh Dane. Rest in peace, John Witherspoon. See y'all. Rest in peace, Bernie Mac. Rest in peace. See y'all. <laughs>